All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin IRL. I have the one, the only, one of the macro hev heavyweights. Like, I owe it. There's so many. There's Greg Foss. There's Jeff Ross. There is James Lavish. There is, just had him on the show, Lawrence Lepard. You're one of them. Uh, definitely want to follow this man. If you want to know what's going on in clown world, uh, because there's some some pretty crazy stuff happening as of late uh, to preface our conversation. Sailor actually tweeted something out very interesting, and I want to pull it up. I want to read it and then I want to get your thoughts, uh, James. So let's check it out. The tweet by Sailor said, if you flew an aircraft like this, you would stall, rip the wings, crash and burn. Luckily for us. It's not the trajectory of a flight vehicle, but rather the U.S. Treasury, U.S. one-year treasury, the risk-free interest rate diving the entire $500 trillion global finance system. So a couple things to talk about, right? Why? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And uh, Nico, I appreciate being on here. And thank you for putting me in that incredible group of, of brains. Um, I'm not sure that I deserve that, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I saw that, that post. <clears throat> um, he's right. I, you know, uh, it's, it's absolute insanity the way that we lowered rates down to zero and then ripped them straight up. Uh, and what people, you know, for people who are, who are wondering what we're talking about, that, that was the fed funds rate that he was quoting there. Right. So, um, and, uh, you know, it, what happens to debt markets when you do that is it, it, it shocks them. It shocks the markets. And we're starting to see the repercussions of that around the world. Uh, so, you know, the Fed leads for for people who are, are, are kind of armchair uh, investors or or not really uh, in this world. Just to give you an idea, the Fed leads the 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 policy, the monetary policy of the world. And what I mean by that is that when they when they set rates, everybody has to kind of react to them, right? So uh, because, because we're on the US Treasury Reserve asset, the global reserve asset, people need dollars to to pay for things. They, there's, there's, a, there's a massive amount of dollar denominated debt around the world, the Euro dollar system. Uh, any, any country who doesn't, uh, who can't issue debt in their own currency, they, they usually do it in dollars. Um, and so they need dollars. And when the dollar, uh, when the treasury goes up in, in interest rates, <clears throat> when the interest rate in the treasury goes up and we'll talk about the 10 year, you know, uh, because that's kind of the benchmark when that interest rate goes up, then any other country that is, that is trying to pay for things in dollars, if they've got dollar denominated debt, they have to use dollars to pay back that debt, right? So the problem is what we, we, we quickly get into what we're seeing in Japan in particular is you get into what's called interest rate parity. And what that means is, and basically is that if our interest rates are, are higher than another country's, then the, the, the investor in that other country is likely to sell those treasuries that they're invested in and buy U.S. treasuries. Well, in order to do that, you sell your treasury, 
then you get whatever currency you're denominated in, you sell that currency and you buy the dollar. So that's why you're seeing the dollar go straight up and you're hearing of problems in Japan and in uh, UK in particular. Um, but the, the issue is that, you know, um, as we lead the world and we rip these rates higher, we're seeing pain. We're just doling out pain to everyone around us. And we're going to start to see that pain in our markets now. Uh, we're, we're starting to see some, some hints of it in the treasury market. I've, I've posted some things about it. I'm going to post something again tomorrow morning, a thread about it. Um, and, you know, we're starting to see, I wouldn't say cracks here in the United States, but we're starting to see inklings of illiquidity. And that is, uh, that's an issue. So I'll, I'll pause there because that's a, that's a long explanation. But yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. <laughs> so you said something that I picked up on. And I think that, so we're not out of the woods yet. Things oh, no. are, are, but are, is, are, are things breaking? Is that what we're witnessing? Why is it happening so slowly? All right, well, let's talk about, let's talk about Japan. Um, so what we're, we're seeing in Japan and we've talked also, about it. Uh, James, sorry to, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Uh, your audio yeah. your audio is coming in a little Guys, due to audio issues, I had to skip ahead until the audio cleared up. So 5% on $31 trillion of debt. It doesn't take a math genius to see that this doesn't work. Okay, so they know this. So what can they do? Well, they need to raise rates super fast. And this is what Michael is showing. They know they need to raise them super fast, crush demand, because this is a supply side issue as well. It's not just demand issue it's a supply side issue so but they're going to crush demand they're going to put people out of jobs they're going to you know the unemployment is going to go up housing is going to get crushed borrowing is going to go lower and then you know then they've got then they'll be able to pause and take the rates down in the next i'd say by 2024 they're lowering the rates and because they can't they cannot refinance at five percent it's just it's the the debt will be gargantuan so quickly if we do that so it's just not it's it's not likely so what are we going to do we're going to pivot and then we'll resume qe with you know when we're in a recession um that's that's my that's my base target that's my that's my now look let me let me back up a second this is what this is what i believe with a high degree of confidence I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, but if if I look at probabilities, this is the thing that's most likely to happen in in my view, in, in Luke Groman's view, you know, in Larry Lapard's view. We've talked about these things. This is the most likely thing to happen. Does it happen like this? I don't know. But as an investor, all you can do is attach probabilities to things and and you know, position yourself that way, right? So that's the, that's the way I'm looking at it. Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no. I, I, so first of all, I really appreciate it because you're blowing my mind right now. Um, and again, I don't have the background you do. Um, I tell all you guys this. I skipped the whole traditional financial world and I went straight to Bitcoin. And now I'm learning backwards. <laughs> and I'm just like in, in awe, like, holy crap. Like, I, I can't believe this is how things work. Um, but... I'm saying I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing. 
And I, I, I think you're right. I, I think it's going to be catastrophic. And someone asked a really interesting question in the chat. What will mm-hmm. the, And I asked that same question to Lawrence a couple weeks ago. What will this look like? Uh, because it, it's funny because Foss told me the same thing. Lawrence told me the same thing. You're telling me the same thing. Ross told me the same thing. So what will this world look like? Here, here Zlogic says it perfectly. I'll ask his question. It says, what will be the consequences of the coming restructuring? Well, you know, which restructuring are we talking about? We're talking about taking the whole restructuring of the United States uh, debt and, and our, our monetary system. I, I don't look. What I hope, what all of us should hope, is that we that that the U.S. Treasury becomes unseated as the global reserve asset. It will, okay, but what we hope is that it becomes unseated in kind of a whimper. We don't want it to. We don't want it to crash. We don't want an implosion. We want Bitcoin to gain enough traction, get enough confidence in it, have enough have enough value in it the market value has to be massive it's got to start absorbing the the uh store of value gold and silver it's got to start absorbing some of the risk assets and equities it's got to start absorbing um the the uh, speculative investments in in real estate it's got to start absorbing bonds and once it starts absorbing bonds well, that's when it's at the level that it, it is an absolute uh, it is it is a, a portion of your portfolio that that is a separate asset class. And once it's there, then it, it can be a reserve asset and it'll be worth millions. I mean, it's just it's just pure math. It's simple, simple math. But there's nothing out there that can do this. You, you might have uh, you might you, you, we're hearing, uh, you know, that there the BRICS is coming together, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, Saudi Arabia, um, you know, the the and China. The thing is, do they use do they use Bitcoin? Do they use gold? They're not using treasuries, you know, that they're they're looking to have a reserve asset that's non that's non-us treasury they're sick of being beholden to the treasury uh you know china can't really do much about it right now because our trade relationship is so uh it's so integral to to their economy but they're looking for something gold is it's too easy to manipulate with the paper market um you know so but i could see some sort of mix of gold and 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 bitcoin and then eventually just bitcoin it's just the it's just the future and whether that happens in my lifetime you know i'm 50 years old if that happens in my lifetime uh i wouldn't be surprised you know i wouldn't be shocked but i would be surprised if things like if things don't start coming apart like i would be surprised if europe makes it in uh, in the eurozone if it makes it the, through this decade and i can't imagine that it will not with what's going on i would be surprised if Japan doesn't have sort of reset, some sort of massive monetary reset. And that will affect everybody. Those are, you know, those are uh, G7 zones. So, you know, those are going to, those are going to affect everybody. So, 
So I hope that it, helps. Yeah, it, it it does. It does, and it actually it gives. I'm I'm coming up with even more questions. Why did all this happen? Was this avoidable? Was this due to bad central bank policy? Well, you know, it's a system, right? So, look, we we can't. Uh, we you can point back to the the um, you know Bretton Woods and the exit from gold as a as a reserve asset. You could point to that and and inflation and debt but the truth is and and here the fair thing is the you know the truth a fair uh, diagnosis of this is we couldn't have grown so quickly without debt you mm. know you're borrowing on future productivity you're borrowing against that and so we're able to you know really drive a lot of innovation and productivity by all this debt but we got ahead of ourselves and our big mistake our huge mistake in my mind, what started back in 1987, uh, you know, um, when Greenspan stepped in and said, oh, we're going to make sure that the market doesn't collapse. And then you then you flash forward, you go to 2008 and Bernanke, you know, uh, we didn't let we didn't let the system absorb enough of the shock. We didn't let some of the bad actors and uh, <laughs> massive leeches of this world fail and we should have we should have let some more banks fail we should have let we should have taken in more pain uh and we should have just suffered a little bit for that uh because what we did do is we set it up to roll into 2020 with the inability to absorb any pain because the debt had already skyrocketed and now look at us there's nowhere there's nowhere to kick it any further right so uh, I think Larry's the one who likes to say this is that look we 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 kicked the we kicked the uh, debt failure can the default can from the banks up to the sovereigns in 2008 and now here we are and maybe it's Luke Roman saying this but now here we are in 2022 who's going to save us you know I mean who's going to come in and 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 kick the can down the road for us. It's not. I mean, unless we, unless aliens land on our planet, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, don't worry, we're gonna, we got central banks too." (laughs) You know, I mean, like, there's no place to put it. So they're gonna be. There's going to be fails, and so the dollar will will swallow just about every other thing in its path until it can swallow no more, and people lose confidence in it completely. And I don't know when that happens, but we're already we're we're on that path, you know, and we're gonna print again. We have to, you know, and so here's here's why. Let me put it into simple terms for for your viewers. With all that debt, the way out of it, and you saw this back in uh, World War II, and this is something that Lynn talks about quite a bit. But the way we got out of that was by super high inflation. Okay, so we keep talking about how we're going to we're going to crush inflation. It's going to go back to two percent. No, it's not. It's not. It, it may now. That's something I have extraordinary confidence in that we are not going to a a regular two percent inflation rate again. We can't. We've got to inflate this debt away. How do you do that? You let GDP grow in nominal terms, okay, with high inflation, so that that GDP number goes much higher, right? And it's able to pay down some of that debt 
that you you're inflating it away with these cheaper dollars. So if I lend you $100 today, Nico, you could go buy probably 25 Starbucks with that. Then when you pay me back in 10 years, how many Starbucks can I buy with that? Maybe 10, maybe five. So it's cheaper dollars because the dollar is worth less. You're making so much more in 10 years than you were today because of inflation. You know, everything, everything goes up in dollar terms, including wages. So that's that's the way that it that's the way that they're going to tackle this is by letting the inflation run a little hot for as long as they need to to kind of inflate away these dollars and eventually people are just going to get sick of it and that's the that's the rub right there it's so, eventually people will absolutely get sick of the us using the rest of the world and you know tricking them into this shit dollars that they're they're working their asses off and four to five percent of it gets taken from them every single fucking year and it's it's wrong it's sinister and that's why I'm here. And that's why we're talking about Bitcoin, because this can be solved with Bitcoin, period. And it's actually it's really interesting because it's not only foreign countries that are being used by the system. It's really anybody in the lower and the middle classes that don't have the means to save in assets. If they're saving in dollars, perhaps they're not getting as rug pulled as other countries, but they're still getting rug pulled, maybe to a lesser extent, but they're still getting screwed. The only benefactors of this system from my perspective are the u.s government and extremely wealthy people that do have the extremely means wealthy people that have large large holdings of assets that inflate along with the dollar you yeah. know i mean yeah. that's it i mean you know your average person now is going to get hurt because the the, the housing market is is it's not going to be like 2008 you know but it's it's going to go down 20, 25% in my mind. I, I, I think it's highly likely that it drops 20 to 25%. And that's going to hurt a lot of people. They borrowed against their, their house in order to fix it up. You know, think about it. You're sitting at home for two fucking years. They had us locked down. You know, you're sitting at home. You're working from home. You're like, well, you know, I got to fix up this office. I can't have these Zoom calls in here. I mean, I did it myself, you know. I can't have these Zoom calls in here while I'm, you know, I've, I've got – a, a dog bed behind me. You know, I mean, like you gotta, you've got to do some stuff. So you, you decide, well, I'm going to take out some money. The house is way up, you know, it's fine. I'm just going to remortgage it, take, you know, take some money out, whatever. And then all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, Oh shit. Now I own more on the house than it's worth. You know, luckily it hasn't happened to me because I didn't, I didn't take out money off the house, but you know, that's, that's, that's what people are going to suffer through. And, um, we're not seeing the credit card debt rise as much as I thought we would yet. And I think, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to be very interested to see where, where this shakes out next year in 2023, because people still have money in the bank. And I don't know if they're, if they're so worried that credit is going to get pulled from them, that credit cards are going to shut down their accounts or that something's going to happen that, they want to keep actual cash in the bank that they can that they can draw from while they borrow on credit cards too. I don't know what's going on there, but it's going to be very interesting in the next year to see how this how this plays out. And and unfortunate, I think it's going to be painful for some people. And you know, it, so yeah, so be careful. Oh man. Okay. So James, how does Bitcoin fixes this? How will the lessons of the past not be forgotten once again? 
Yeah, well, um, I don't know if the lessons of the past will not be forgotten. You know, we're we're stupid humans. Uh, we have this herd mentality that the fact that we trust the government, you know, trust the fact that so many people just have given up. They're like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. It's the government. You know, if I say anything, they're going to come after me. And they're probably right. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so you 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 you. But at some point, people get tired of it. And so there will come a time where Bitcoin separates itself. It decouples from those risk assets. And that's going to take understanding. We've got to get mainstream media to, to, to stop beating on Bitcoin because of, uh, you know, because it's boring or because, it, you know, they, they call it the, the leading risk asset. And it's acting like that because of, of, of that mentality. Uh, it's coupled with risk assets right now. Um, you know, the Greenpeace coming out with those stupid videos and those posts about Bitcoin taking up more energy than whatever. I mean, like it, it just it's insane. And these people have an agenda and they think for some reason that humans can be productive without using energy. They're fucking delusional, you know, so. Once we get that's that's one part, you get the misinformation, disinformation out of the way and hopefully with legislation that will help. You know, I think that having legislation and declaring Bitcoin a store of value and a commodity and having it regulated properly, that's going to help. Um, having an ETF, a spot ETF approved, that will help. That will help small offices. And a lot of people are like, well, nobody deserves it if they can't figure out how to put it in a wallet. Okay, well, I hear you, but if you want this to be adopted, wide, widespread adoption, it's got to be easier. People have to be able to just look at a screen and, and know that they own it. And if you can buy a spot ETF that is highly regulated, that shows that you own Bitcoin below that, that if you called it, that there would be Bitcoin attached to that. And you can see in all the wallets exactly where it is then that's a huge positive. It's going to get family offices in, involved. It's going to get uh, high net worth people who are just not comfortable with holding their own keys or whatever it may be involved. And that's a huge first, first step just to get more capital into the system. And then once you get, you've got five, five asset managers that control $30 trillion in, of, of investment assets, $30 trillion. BlackRock, Fidelity, Vanguard, State Street, and, and uh, Morgan Stanley. Five asset managers. Think about that. Now, you've got a couple of them already out announcing that they are involved in Bitcoin, that they have products that their the customers can buy, it, their investors can buy it. And so that's important. And when it becomes a separate asset class for those five institutions, game over. Everybody has to own some. There's just no way around it. That's that's thirty trillion dollars out of four hundred trillion dollars of investment assets in this in this world. They're, everybody has to own it. Period. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be a huge huge uh, development, and and that's going to start with understanding. So, you know, I'm out there talking to people that I know that are in the institutional space. They're still way behind, way 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 behind. The eight ball. They have no idea what's going on. They think that it's Ethereum and Bitcoin and and Hex and whatever. They're all in the same freaking boat. They don't understand it. They think, oh well, you know, there'll be a, a new, better Bitcoin. <laughs> they just don't get it yet. But when they do, when they finally wake up 
they're going to see it. And they're going to they're going to kick themselves, and they're going to they're going to buy it at the price that they deserve, mm. and it's going to be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that's fine by me. Oh man! So you said something really interesting, James. You were you mentioned the spot ETF, and I'm actually going to connect this with Catlin Long's bank, uh, Custodia. And it's really interesting because the Federal Reserve that they're the ones in charge of issuing the federal the, the federal bank charters has slow walked uh, Caitlin. It's basically two years. She now currently has a lawsuit, and also on the ETF front, you also have major lawsuits by um, by a lot of the players, a lot of the uh, specifically Grayscale. Now, what's really interesting though, James, is they've approved futures. So yeah, of course they have. It's paper. It, there's no there's no Bitcoin to settle with it. Look, they they they. I was actually uh, I was at an event with Michael Saylor a few weeks ago. I I talked to him directly about this, and you know um, I don't want to quote him, but you know uh, the the point is that. Uh, but he's highly confident that once we have regulation around this, that that an ETF will get approved, and it'll make it much easier. You know, um, one of the things that we were talking about and a, a big thing is that FASB uh, uh, report that just came out um, because, you know, you can't if you're a company and you own Bitcoin, you have to own you have to you have to hold it on your balance sheet at either cost or a loss. You cannot mark it up mark to market. So there's no benefit for a company to own it until no, but that that, that, that changed that changed though yeah, recently. Exactly, that's the FASB report. That was a mm. huge, huge plus. So I expect to start seeing some companies start to, to you know chip away at it. Um, but I don't know when it gets approved, but there will be there will be enough pressure that a spot ETF will be approved. It will, you know. Uh, Gary Gensler is I think he is pro Bitcoin. And uh, and he understands it, um, but there there's just look. Think about it. Who doesn't want Bitcoin, right? Who doesn't want it? Government. Well, yeah. Well, but they could they they could use it to their advantage. You know, they don't want it because they want CBDC, which they can control completely, and that's a whole another, you know, can of dog poo. But the uh, who doesn't want it is Jamie Dimon. The major banks don't want it. Why? Because it's disruptive. It's disruptive to their perfect fucking yacht making, you know, model. They don't want to have to give back their planes and yachts. They want they want to keep making as much money as they possibly can in a system that has absolutely benefited them to no end. That's why. So they're trust me, they're in there holding, they're holding it off, saying, you know that they're they're definitely in the ears of regulators making sure that this, this is slow footed that's just what it is but they're not gonna be able to hold it up forever i don't again i don't think that the spot to etf is is necessary for bitcoin to be to to be widespread adopted i just think it would accelerate it just and i do think that regulation will accelerate it of course the other thing that would accelerate it after not not during, but long after a or not very long after, but long uh, after a total collapse of the current system, you know, uh, but you don't think that the Bitcoin won't save you in the middle of a collapse. 
you know, it's going to be, it will be a, a, a different, it'll be a, <laughs> we don't want a total collapse. That would be absolute calamity. You know, we would rather have this adopted alongside the idiocy while the idiocy uh, continues to make itself obsolete. That's what we, that's what we want to happen. So James, going back to the macro situation, right? In specifically in the 1970s, there was stagflation, right? High inflation yeah. <clears throat> and almost no economic. The market literally, the stock market literally went sideways for for better mm -hmm. part of a decade, almost a decade. We've been in a macro bull market since 2009. And in fact, all my professional career, that's all I know, right? Since 2009, it's literally been a straight, if you look at it, it's literally been a straight line up. Yeah. I, and not in my not in my lifetime. I don't know what it's like to have a sideways stock market for ten years. Are we are we entering that stage? Are we are we in stagflation already? Well, I think we're well. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, 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 as soon as the unemployment numbers go up, I mean that's that's really stagflation where you've got a contraction economically, yet prices are going up. So. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. I think that we're going to print. Mm. We're, we're, we have, we're, it's not like the 1970s, man. We have so much more debt. It's mm. not that we had 30% some odd 30% debt to GDP back then. Now we're at a hundred and almost 40%. So you're going to have, you're definitely going to have inflation, but I think they're going to have to print. They can't, they can't let the economy go into the, uh, into the toilet. They have to make sure the economy doesn't get destroyed. Um, you know, they're trying to save face here. Uh, Powell's talking a big game. Um, and I do think they're going to continue raising rates. I don't think they're going to pivot here before the year end. I think they're going to continue raising rates. They're going to continue raising right up until the point where they, where they're about to break something. Well, they got a lot of room in the treasury market. Still, we got $2.3 trillion of reverse repo money, just sloshing around these huge banks every single night. They can they can do some things, and I put out a post about this. They can do some things. Actually, I'm going to put out a, a, a thread about it tomorrow morning. If you don't read my newsletter, I, I wrote about it, but I'm, I'm putting it in a thread form tomorrow morning. You can see it. But it's there are a few tools they can use in order to 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 combat that, and they're going to use those. And once those are used up, and once you get you know, unless something a shock happens where our our treasury market just locks up. Uh, then they're going to do those things, these things first, in my opinion, and then they're going to print next year. They'll 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 pause, they'll pivot, they'll stop their their QT. I think that's the first thing they do, which they barely started anyways. They're going to stop selling the the, the treasuries that they have on the Fed's balance sheet, and they're going to step away. And then they're then that's that's effectively a pivot. So. <clears throat> What's interesting, though, is that it's, so if you look at Europe, if you look at the inflation rate in the United States, could they do that with elevated inflation? Could they turn on the money printers? I mean, the answer is already it's oh, already been answered. The, 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 U, the, UK, the UK did that already. Right. They turned on the mm -hmm. money burners. Yeah, they're, 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 they're tightening and, and, and loosening at the same time. And the, what Greg Foss likes to say, you can't suck and blow. They're literally doing it. They're literally sucking and blowing at the same time. You know, I mean, they're they they decided to print money to buy gilts at the same time they're raising rates. You can't make this shit up. 
And so somebody asked in the chat who we're talking about the Fed. That's who we're talking about. And the Treasury. The Treasury has that can play in a role in, in showing up the, the uh, Treasury market as well. So. So, OK, so <clears throat> is this what you mean by things breaking? Is this a scenario? Is this what's happening, right? Where they're stuck in this situation where they don't want the, the, the economy to collapse. You have bureaucrats coming out of the woodwork like Elizabeth Warren. Turn on the money printers. You have the U.N. Turn on the money printer. You're going to break people. You're going to, you know, you're going to break things. Turn on the print, print this. And, you know, so no, they're going to use these tools. They're going to do what they can. And unless something happens where it locks up before they can institute some of these tools, they're, they're going to, they're going to go through them first. They're going to try to get through that, that reverse repo money first. That's my opinion. Um, maybe I'm completely wrong, but that's my opinion. And then, then I think then it, it's, it's, it, if, if it doesn't work then, or that, that dries up and, and we still need some, some more support in the treasury market, well, then they'll print. And like I said, you can print pretty much forever without defaulting until the world lose loses confidence in your currency. So it's a confidence then game. Then you it's can't, a... you can't, yeah, but the U.S. is going to have the most, we're, we're the, we're the safe haven. We're, look, we are fortunate to be in this position while Europe is hurting right now. Like the U.K. is hurting right now. We're, we're going to feel pain here. Don't, don't like take this the wrong way, but we will not hyperinflate or we will be the last one to fail. We will absolutely be the last one to fail there's just everybody's relying on the u.s to pull it out like it's just and we're gonna do this as long as we can it can happen for a long time nico and that's probably the good thing it's probably a good thing and when we come out of this i do believe that bitcoin and hard hard money you know gold and bitcoin are going to rip and bitcoin will be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars there's just there's just no way around it and eventually the millions that's that's what i believe <clears throat> so so i was talking to lawrence a couple of weeks ago about the fourth turning theory um mm. are you familiar with it I, I know i know some of it i haven't read the book which it's on my very tall to, to be read pile we have a tbr pile that my wife and i are just like it's <laughs> There's so much to read. There is. There's a ton of good material. Um, I'm currently reading the Fiat Standard for the second time. It's super. I, I, so I, I, it's weird because, and I, I've said this to all you guys. It's I, I'm learning from the I'm learning from the opposite directions because I'm I'm in Bitcoin. It's great. I'm a Bitcoin Standard. I've been on a Bitcoin Standard for six years now. Freaking love it. Totally awesome. But because of simply, I'm forced to cover Clown World. So I have to learn these things and. It absolutely blows my mind. That being said, the part from the fourth turning, one of the things that he mentioned was this idea of weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men. And the last time we've had this type of scenario was World War II, right? Mm -hmm. um, do you believe yeah. in that? And and we, we actually, at the, at the very end of that conversation, we came to this like kind of conclusion, which was, with Bitcoin, we finally have the tool to finally break that cycle, right? And it's that cycle of learning that you need to go back on a sound money, right? And that, that lesson takes sometimes 100 years, 150 years, right? 
Yep. And I think we're slowly starting to learn that lesson with all this pain. I think Bitcoiners already know, but I'm talking about the NPCs. Right. And, you know, uh, if you hear Jeff Booth talk about it, he said there's just no choice. Like mm. There's just no choice. This is the only direction that can go. All paths lead to Bitcoin. All paths lead to Bitcoin, you know, um, and I agree. Uh, the fourth turning, I do, I do believe from what I know and what I've heard about it, I do, I do believe that's where we are. And this echoes 1940 more than it echoes 70, uh, by far it's it. So it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but here we are, here we are 80 years again, 80 years later, here we are. And this, this experiment with fiats, this is all anybody's known that's, that's alive, you know? They've only known the fiat experiment. Um, but that's not true. And who's alive? But anybody in our little world here, like we've only known the 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 big the, the fiat experiment. You know, I mean, unless you were born in the forties or, I mean, it's just it's insanity. So, yeah. Oh man. So, James, what? And again, not financial advice, right? But if you were to anticipate what is going, you know, Ron Paul has the theory of the crack up boom. Uh, if you were to anticipate what, and I, I, I'm a big believer in the fact that I think a lot of things are going to happen in the next five to 10 years that are going to define lifetimes, right? Um, are we going to see a break? What, what is your expectation for the U.S. economy? Has the mark, has the, the stock market hit a bottom do you believe we're going to go back down to the 2500 levels i've heard that about so what what where what are your thoughts on all that well i'm i'm, I'm not going to make a prediction on the on the markets but i can tell you that i do think that we go lower i do think that there's more pain ahead of us i do think that the markets are, are ahead of themselves and they they're the, the the thing to watch is the bond markets bond markets know they're sniffing this out the rates are going up and that means that the market's going low. the stock market the equity markets are going lower that also means that there's there's risk that Bitcoin and gold go lower, you know. So what do you do? Well, you know, for me, I think it's prudent. This is me, and and everybody's got a different investment profile. So you have to you have to take this with a huge grain of salt. This is not for everybody. It depends on how old you are, how much how much you have in savings, what assets you have, what your income is. They're all huge inputs to all this. However, I think it's prudent to have some cash right now. I do. I think it's prudent to have some as you pick away, as this thing, as this thing bottoms out and you pick away, uh, you know, a little bit at a time and you, and you find those super high conviction investments that you believe that once we do come out on the other side of this next year, that will take off because once they do, you won't get a chance to buy them at these levels. They'll just be gone. So it will turn, I do believe we'll have, you know, this kind of, we'll bump around these levels and go lower and then it will, we'll have like a hockey stick recovery out of it, you know? Um, and that's, that's, that's what I believe because I think that once the fed fed does make it clear that they're, that they're pausing or pivoting, it's game on because everybody knows the money printer goes. And when the money printer goes, M2 expands. And when the MT money supply expands, Things like stocks, Bitcoin, gold, 
they all go up and fast. And I think that Bitcoin's going to lead the way. So. Wow. Um, well, I'm really excited. Uh, so, and, and it, it, the, what, what surprises me though, is the, the utmost confidence that you have when you say the Fed's going to pivot, you know, cause if you take their, you know, whatever they say at face value, even though you totally shouldn't, cause they went from, there's going to be no inflation, modern, modern theory is a good thing, all this, you know, crap. And then they, you know, they changed tune, said I'm wrong, you know, and all that stuff. But you say it with confidence. Is it because they, they won't have a choice? Is it because yeah. thing? Okay. It's a good look at the debt spiral. Look at the amount of debt we have on our on on our balance sheet in the United States, the Treasury. They will bankrupt the Treasury. Like people have talked about him doing the the Volcker move and and jacking up rates into 10, 15, 18%. You're out of your fucking mind if you think we're going to 15% on the Treasury. 10%. No way. 10%? That's three trillion dollars a year of interest expense. <laughs> no, that's no. No, not unless you expect to have, you know, 15 to 25% inflation for a while. I mean, no, I just don't see it happening. I think that they, they don't, they have very little choice. They're, they're playing a game here and it's, they're trying to land a, a, you know, a jumbo jet on a string and they're not going to be able to, they're going to not, I do not believe that we can orchestrate a soft landing. It's going to be a little bit rocky here, but on the other side, you know, money printer go burr. So when, so do you believe that this whole system, do you, do you believe that Bitcoin will end central banking or will it change central banking? Will central banking stay? Cause you see it very popular. In fact, you, not only do you see the movement of end the fed popular with Bitcoiners, you're starting mm -hmm. to hear that movement more so than Bitcoin seep into mainstream consciousness as well. You're, you're seeing a lot of, predominant commentators and influential, you know, people specifically on Twitter say things like, and the fed, do you think that's just a pipe dream? Well, I mean, I know it's emotional, you know, the fed, but in reality, the fed is reacting to everything. Okay. And the, you, you've got a, you got a couple of clowns on there, you know, a guy who doesn't understand the disclosure rules. Really? Really? You're like in charge of monetary policy virtually for the entire fucking world. Okay, that you should probably understand those. Number one. Number two, daily comes out and says, Oh, inflation doesn't touch me. Yeah, of course it doesn't. You know, of course it doesn't on your salary. Like, wake up, people. So, but that's what that triggers people and triggers me. It's 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 infuriating, it's offensive, right? So um, but that's emotional. And the reality is the Fed is just reactionary. They're reacting to everything the treasury has done in expanding the money supply, mm. handing out all the checks, you know, and then the Fed's going to has to go in there and, and, and manipulate, manipulate, manipulate. Remember that. So I do I, I do give the Fed a hard time, you know, and they deserve it, but they deserve it in this instance because they waited way too late, wait, waited long to uh, to raise rates way too long. And, uh, but they're reactionary. They've said it, they've said it over and over again. So, um, to answer your question, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> but I don't have a high, I don't have a high degree of confidence that our government will, will do the right thing there. I think that they want CBDCs and that the fed will be in charge of them. That's what I think. So you better have some Bitcoin. <laughs>
So, so do you, so do you believe that it's, it's a, it's a scenario of people are going to choose Bitcoin. It is what it is and they're going to have no choice, but to go along with it. Yeah. I don't think, I think that it's, I, I think Bitcoin's here to stay. They're not going to have a choice. The people not, will speak. The people have spoken. They're going to continue to speak on this. And it's not going to be driven by the U.S. It's going to be driven by all the people who need it before us. Yeah. Remember that. I've made that you know, case. We look at, we keep, we keep looking at this. Oh, like, when am I going to make money in the market on, on, you know, Bitcoin? Like, that's not the point. Just put it away. You know, it's not a trade. It's not a trade for me. Just put it away. Just leave it there. Don't touch it. It's savings. And, and I've actually said that many times. It's, the developing country adopts it out of necessity while the West adopts it because of speculative reasons. Anyways, Correct. James, we're still speculating. Yep. I know so, you have to run soon. I do. I've got a, I've actually have an important business call. So <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on simply Bitcoin IRL uh, guys. Sorry for the technical difficulties. It happens. James, where could people find you? Why don't you tell everybody about your newsletter? Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. And so you can find me on Twitter. I'm on there daily. Uh, I'm just at James Lavish. And I write uh, the newsletter that's called the Informationist uh, Newsletter. It comes out every Sunday. It's uh, I take one financial concept and simplify it for you. Um, and so people seem to love it. Uh, it's got like over 10,000 subscribers to it in a short period of time. Uh, I just enjoy empowering people so they understand what the hell is going on around them especially because we live in this opaque completely opaque financial world and that's not taught anywhere in schools so i try to um, simplify it for anybody to understand you know whether it's somebody who's been in finance or in in a bank or it's somebody who's uh, been a stay-at-home mom and has had no uh, financial education whatsoever or you know uh, a fireman who doesn't you know who knows uh, we're just not taught this stuff in school. So I try to help people with that. I, I love it. I love doing that. So, well, we really appreciate it. I, I definitely recommend it guys. Check out James's newsletter. James, thank you so much. I'm going right to roll on, it out. See you later. Right. See you at Pacific Bitcoin. Absolutely. See you there. Bye. Take care. Anyways, guys, that was another episode of Simply Bitcoin IRL. We will see you tomorrow back for the regular show at 12, 15 PM Eastern standard time. I'm going to play the outro. Which one's the best crypto asset? Well, Bitcoin's the best crypto asset. Okay. What's the second best? There is no second best. <laughs>